0: You ready? Freddy? All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host, Bailey. Hello. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. This Real is, close. Mother's Day Eve. This is our Mother's Day extravaganza. And we are in a house all by ourselves. Crazy.
1: It's fucking amazing.
0: We are at B's house podcasting live from the couch. Mm-hmm. Because your husband's not home, neither is yes. your kid. Correct.
1: And I just have the the farm babies.
0: Yeah. All of my family's home, but they're just right next door. So, yeah. you know, here we are. Love it. We're here to drink wine and have a good time. Just like we always do. Normally on Mother's Day, we spend it together drinking all day. Yeah. But this year, we decided to switch it up a little bit. Drink the night before. And then I'm personally going to spend all day in bed tomorrow. just chilling. Right.
1: Nick asked, he's like, any expectations? Anytime you want us home? I'm like, as long as you're home by dinner. That's all I care. So that way
0: you can bring me dinner. Yeah. Other than that. What do you want for Mother's Day dinner?
1: I haven't even decided.
0: So originally, I thought that this little sleepover situation was canceled. Yes. And so I thought I would be laying in bed drinking all day by myself. And so I was planning on Taco Bell for dinner. Ooh. Now that I'm going to be sober all day, I don't know if that'll still be the plan, but. We'll... I got you chips and salsa. I know. We got chips and salsa for tonight. Um, What do you want to talk about, B? What's your fun, funky news? Okay. We'll start off. Because I have some too. I want to see if ours matches up. All drink to fat.
1: Red and white wine drinkers carry less harmful fat around their organs than beer and spirit lovers. Lovely. I drink it all. I was about to say, what happens if you drink. All of all that. of the above. Thanks. But for the longest time, you've always been telling me wine's the way to go. Yeah. So there you go. You're a genius. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Teenage brains start turning on their mothers at 13. And that's like when they Sounds officially. right. It's officially when they start to tune us out that our voices <coughs> previously provided them with like comfort. And at 13, for whatever reason, their Mm. brains changed and they started to tune us
0: out. Oh, man. That's rough. That's only one more year for me because my oldest just turned 12. I know. That's why I thought it was fitting that we bring it up on this
1: episode. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. I feel like
0: if ever there's a kid, though, that's going to stick by my side, it's going to be my oldest. For sure not the youngest.
1: This one really reminded me of you. Of me. I guess Prince Charles and Camilla announced that they're visiting Canada for the first time since the unmarked graves were discovered.
0: Oh, yeah. That we the...
1: discussed on that episode. Yep. Uh, about the whatever. I don't even remember. I think, I think you called it like the unmarked sisters or something. But yeah.
0: Yes. Hmm.
1: Anyways, it was just... It really reminded me. I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. Just how close to home it was and how recently it was.
0: Mm -hmm. And don't forget about the indigenous school children. Yeah.
1: No, that's what the whole thing is about. How um, while they're there for their visit, they're going to acknowledge the deaths, the abuse of the thousands of indigenous children taken from their families and forced into those boarding schools.
0: All right. Well, let's see it. I hope they can keep a straight fucking face, because let me tell you something about Camilla. It's on site, bitch. Right. Because uh, her and Charles were seeing, um, basically, they were at a demonstration of indigenous Alaskan natives, I think, like Inuits, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh And they do this, like, throat singing, um, Mm. and it was a mother and a daughter, like, throat singing together, and I get... That if you just hear it for the first time, you don't know what it is. Maybe it sounds kind of silly or whatever. But if you know that you are the royal family, the head of like like you're representing your country and all of the atrocities that your fucking country is responsible for in the past. I don't care if it sounds silly. I don't care if they're up there doing the funniest, silliest stuff you've ever seen. Camilla straight fucking laughed and giggled her way through that shit. And yeah. so fuck her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On behalf of my girl Diana, it's on site, Camilla.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll do something to fuck this up too. But hey, at least the recognition, yeah, is going, and which is th- pretty
0: good because usually
1: the royals like to just ignore everything. And along with the recognition, like the education, because one of my favorite things about this podcast had we not had that episode. This wasn't something I was aware of. Right. Right? I'm constantly learning these new things. And we hope you are, too. Hey. So from there, we'll go to the famous axe from The Shining was auctioned off this week. And I thought it was funny because it went for like $175,000 to a successful businessman. I actually thought it would go for more. And he just... I was, like, a big fan of the movie, and uh, it's made out of foam and resin. Oh,
0: funny. Yeah. It's not even a real real axe. axe. Like, we don't trust Jack Nicholson with a real axe. Uh,
1: And then, speaking of killers, our North State tree-trimming serial killer
0: Uh that
1: we talked about on my birthday episode, because it came out on January 25th. Our most recent...
0: Northern California
1: serial killer. My boss came so close to being on the jury. So. It just made him the coolest boss of all time. And it would have pissed me the fuck off. Like, really, you,
0: you get to be picked for that. Why do you get everything? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and not even a, not even a backup juror. No.
1: And then another reference to the news in a past episode. They're finding bodies in barrels in Las Vegas. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Lake Mead, I guess, is super fucking low right now. Uh Uh-huh. So legit, body in a barrel from a fucking murder, clearly a hit on somebody. Crazy. And and the police are like, yeah, I mean, it's... It's obvious that lots of shady shit goes down by the lake. And if it keeps dropping any further, we're not going to be surprised if more bodies pop up. That's crazy. Yeah. So obviously bodies in a barrel. Bodies and Dahmer. Right, I mean, bodies come in a barrel. on, right? Crazy. And then another thing that reminded me of you, Met Gala. Yes. Was Monday. Huge. Yeah. But more importantly than anything, I'm here for Lila Moss. Kate yeah, Ma- I saw that. Normalizing the insulin pump. Yep. Kate but, Moss's daughter. Yeah. Just fucking, I guess she did it on the catwalk and now at the fucking Met Gala. And she's
0: like, yeah, I'm fucking diabetic. <laughs> do, I, do, I need this to live. Yeah. Also, it's such a, it's not that hard to take in and out, but it is a lot. Like when you take one out and then when you put one back in, first of all, taking it out could be kind of a pain. And then when you put it back in, it needs like an hour to like regulate and do all of this yeah. and that. That's like a lot to do for... Like, what, 10 minutes worth of camera time or whatever? Right.
1: I mean, in the article, it said that, you know, walking the runway with it is totally unconventional. And she's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck.
0: (laughs) Amen, sister. And then the most funny of all,
1: what the flip? Two sexually aroused male dolphins are seen playing with an anaconda and carrying it in their mouths in a bizarre
0: encounter. Yeah. Why is that news? I don't know, but I saw it on TikTok. Why um, is that news? <laughs> yeah, they said that they were aroused, right? Yeah, I saw that on TikTok. I just uh, think it's so
1: funny that it was like such a big news headline. I'm like, okay.
0: That is so funny. <laughs> I'm
1: like this is this is what we're talking about.
0: Okay, you ready for my news headline?
1: Please.
0: There is a small town in Northern California that recently had our queen there. Did you see that? No. There is a small town in Northern California. It's called Paradise. It is most famous over the past few years um, for a fire called the Campfire. When uh, Southern California was burning to the ground a few years, like four or five years ago, there was a town up here in Northern California that literally the whole town was completely demolished by a wildfire. An entire town gone. Anywho, um, Jamie Lee Curtis... apparently stop was on like a road trip through norcal and wanted to stop to talk to the locals about the campfire and what happened and they took pictures with her outside of a grocery store what and i saw it on the 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 news yeah what the fuck i know i'm dying (laughs) i know she was so oh
1: oh my god (laughs) We won't, we won't no. say
0: how close we live to paradise. I love her so much. But we could definitely drive there if we had so to. So much respect. Yeah.
1: Wow. You okay. just you took my breath away.
0: <laughs> Chills. I cannot believe that that you had dolphins I know, wanting a to rock and anaconda, dolphins. but not Jamie Lee Curtis. And I
1: look, too. I try to, like, look at, like, NorCal News, Southern mm-hmm. Cal. Like, I'm looking world news. Yeah. But you looked at real news. <laughs> no, it just,
0: like, popped up on my... Facebook page randomly.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. Facebook.
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You don't have a Facebook. One
1: thing I've never had. So that's why fuck you again. Facebook.
0: Yeah? Yeah, sorry. Um, other than that, I've been into a really great new show. If you guys liked The Killing, you will love this one. So as I'm sure you don't know, Bailey, The Killing was originally a... I'm gonna get the country wrong. Maybe maybe Norwegian. Okay. Or um like Netherlands, right? Sweden. Isn't that all in the same area? Yeah, sure. Anyways, the original killing was from that part of the world. Okay. And we took it and did like an American version, which is the killing that we've watched. Yeah. Well, the creators of the original <laughs> European killing have a new I guess it's not new it came out last year it's new to me but it came out last year and I think it came out even more recently on Netflix for here in America called The Chestnut Man and I am fucking into it The
1: Chestnut Man It's so good What's it on?
0: Netflix Yeah yeah And you can choose just <laughs> always <laughs> Always the ice maker at bees house scares me <laughs> Um you can either do like in Squid Game you can either uh Just read subtitles because it's not in English. Or you can just deal with the bad lip syncing. And it's just up to you. Pick your poison. If I'm watching it on my phone and it's real close to me, I'll do... um, You'll read. Yeah, I'll read. I'll do the subtitles. If it's up on the TV, I'm laying in bed or whatever, I'll put it on the bad voice Take your glasses off so it's kind of like I just try to look at their eyes Mm -hmm. instead of their mouths. And then I can usually... But now I'm so into it, I don't care. I don't care how they give it to me. I'll watch it. So... There you go, The Chestnut Man. You guys will really, really like it. It's really good, really dark, really intense because it's not from America. They get to, like, get real grimy yeah, with yeah, it yeah, yeah, in yeah. a way that America can't. So fantastic show. It's Fun. only one season so far. I'm, like, halfway through it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And that's it. That's all I got. Okay. I
1: have a new cry show. Oh. Do you remember who Tyler Henry is? The, the median, the, the psychic kid? No. He had an e-show for a while. Nope. Where he would, like, read famous people. Okay. He got over that quick. He didn't like it. Started doing, like, world tours or whatever. So, like, he could actually, like, be with people. Mm-hmm. But I guess one of the things is, is, like, when he's doing a reading, if someone died in a tragic way, he feels a part of it. Uh-huh his lung collapsed oh shit and he had to go to the hospital and he was there for like a month
0: and they couldn't explain how it happened
1: it was it was the result of a reading like yeah yeah
0: i know that's what he says but i mean like even the doctors no. can't be like oh no it he, happened because this happened
1: yeah he's got whatever um so he's there for like a month and then now for whatever reason they tested his dna and he's like oh hey mom do this 23 andme me or whatever Finds out her whole fucking past is a lie. She was robbed from her real family by a con artist mom. Oh, shit. Who abused her and her now, like, not real siblings. Right. Right, right, right. Like, locked them in closets. She murdered two people. Got the eldest brother to help her cover up the murders. He went to jail. She went to jail. So she's finding out this is not her real mom.
0: After all that abuse and shit, it's not even your real mom.
1: It's not your real mom.
0: You could have had a nice life.
1: And so she's now, so now her and Tyler have a Netflix show. Whoa. And so it's covering that, trying to figure out where her real family is, tracing her roots, and then also he's starting to do readings again after recovering from his collapsed lung. Yeah. And literally every episode, I fucking sobbed. (laughs) Because whether you believe it or not, the stories of the people he's meeting, who are just average people, yeah, their stories are so heartbreaking and devastating. And whatever sliver of hope or healing yeah. or what, like just the, he can help them get over the grief and the guilt and the pain. They show him helping... Um, they're opening up like cold cases Mm -hmm. and he's trying to help them resolve those kinds of things like hit and runs and stuff like that. Yeah. But every fucking episode, whether it was like a child who passed away or whatever, I'm just sobbing. Oh my
0: gosh. What's it called?
1: Like afterlife or something. I don't know. With Tyler Henry. Yes.
0: I've seen, I've seen the little square on my Netflix thing and I didn't know what it was.
1: It's beautifully, like, filmed. Okay. It's very visually appealing. It's between um, a lot of California and, like, Atlanta. He goes back and forth a lot. Oh,
0: I'll definitely watch it now. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, I'll watch it after I know the chestnut man Yeah, and his a palate li- cleanser.
1: And as a Mother's Day episode, his fucking relationship with his mom, they like live together. They are best friends. they oh, cute. Bicker. Yeah. She has to drive him to a lot of his appointments. He can't drive because he gets hit with these visions or whatever at any time. Like he can get into an accident. Yeah. And so she takes him and like just the way that she's like, OK, so we can stop at Starbucks. And and he's like, Mom, I just I just need you to be quiet. And She's like, OK, I'll be quiet but then we'll go to lunch
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. it's like our moms Uh, so it's so sweet amazing Mm -hmm. cute i'll watch it Mm -hmm. all right everybody if you want to play our thc drinking game while we talk about the case and take a shot or a drink or a hit off whatever you're smoking anytime we cheers Mention a badass big sister, mention a past episode, spill something, we're not in the pod shed, or we bring up the TV show Monk. We are not in the pod shed. We're not in the pod shed, and we're going to cheers to me remembering all of the them. rules. Boom. Boom. Right now we're drinking a bee concoction. I don't even know what it is. She just handed it to me.
1: I made the mistake of trying out a new seltzer. Yeah. They sounded really good. It's the Michelob Ultra Organic Essential Collection. Okay. <laughs> Legit. That's the fucking yeah. name. Made with real fruit
0: juices mm-hmm.
1: and coconut water. Okay. Zero. Does that change
0: the sugar or carb count? No.
1: Zero sugars. How?
0: Right? I want to know how you put juice and coconut water into something and it not have any right, sugar it's, or it's carbs. Zero
1: sugars, 90 calories. And it Uh was the same price as all the other seltzers. So that's why I figured I'd try it. I'm like, why do I? And like, the flavors are interesting. It's like a kiwi lime, strawberry guava, blueberry watermelon, and a berry hibiscus. Yep. And they just, on their own, they are are too sweet. Yeah. I, I wasn't into it. And so I added a little bit of wine. And a little bit of vodka. Perfect. And we gave it a little zhuzh. Love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. So drink with us. Here's to the Mother's Day episode. Hey, happy Mother's Day,
0: y'all. And if uh, you don't have a mom or you don't talk to your mom, then, you know, happy you day. Absolutely. Good job taking care of yourself. You're doing it. Right. Cat mom.
1: Be yourself mom. Plant mom. That's right. Anything kind of mom. We Any take good. care of it all. And this is going to be way more fun than last Mother's Day. I think we both, no, we both cried Father's Day. Father's Day was
0: rough. Yeah.
1: But Mother's Day was still, it was the fucking Mother's Day was hard. It was Gypsy
0: Rose. But, you know, I mean, at least Gypsy Rose is still alive, I guess. Yeah. After having a horrific life. I don't know what episode number this is. Who cares? We are doing. Uh, Maybe it's 69, though. I don't think it is. It might be. My phone's on the charger. It is. It's 69. Okay, so I take that back. It is episode 69 for Mother's Day. Hey, 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 hey. The most overhyped sex position of <laughs> all fucking it's time. It's so impossible. It's so stupid. It's so what a 12-year-old thinks <laughs> is hot. Yeah. It's so dumb. Anyways, happy <laughs> 69th episode, everyone. We are doing one that is not a hometown case to us, but is... In our backyard, yeah, it's definitely within driving distance. It mainly takes place in a town where my dad currently lives, mm-hmm. so I go up there all the time. We are doing the case of Sherry Papini and her abduction mm-hmm. question mark. Also, I like to call her Sherry Papini, and do you, you can't not? stop me. How do you can't not? fucking stop me. And you watched not based on this, but you know, similar. 2014 gone girl which i liked a lot i saw it in the actual theater really because mm-hmm. i had read the book Mm-hmm. okay so i saw that in the theater and um i actually it's a how i dragged my husband to see it yeah i'll never know because it was world it was a uh, giants world series playoffs at the time because he kept checking his phone Because the first half of the movie, he thought he was just in this boring ass fucking movie. That's funny. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. And then the twist happened, which I was waiting uh, pins and needles for. And so then the twist happened. I remember he almost got up out of his seat. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. Welcome to the movie, babe. Yeah. This is this is what I brought you here This is why we're here. This is the entertaining part.
1: (laughs) Fucking asshole.
0: told you it'd be good. (laughs) God. All right. You ready? Freddy Shelly Panini was born June 11th, 1982 in Redding, California. She's born Shelly Graff, I think. Okay. In 7th grade, she meets a boy named Keith who becomes kind of like her first boyfriend. It's her first kiss. She writes them, you know, they write little cute notes to each other, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that, you know, it's middle school stuff, right? They grow up. They move on. She actually moves away for a bit. She gets married and divorced pretty quickly, kind of back to back. And she ends up moving back to Reading, where she just so happens to reconcile with her middle school love, Keith Papini. Cute. And uh, it is really cute. He actually kept his um, those notes all those years later. He still had them like in a box.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: It's very, very sweet. And they
1: that's like first love shit. Yeah. And they
0: fell right back. You know, they fell in love. They're very cute. All American. Uh, He's like got a baby face. He looks like a very sweet guy. And she's blonde hair, you know, like little fit. petite. Yeah. They're just like the all-American couple. Right. Their first date is at Whiskeytown Lake. Cute little picnic on the lake and things are going great. They are soon engaged and the wedding follows pretty quickly after.
1: Okay. How wholesome. Like you said very American pie. She
0: starts this like whole wedding blog which is is an interesting look into who Sherry is because it's very everything's perfect. Everything in her life, she's making it out to be perfect. She's very particular. Okay. She's got a little sprinkling of maybe a little over the topness about her. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how weird it is to live with Keith because she's never lived with a man before. This being her first marriage and all. But we know that's not true because she's been married and divorced. Something which I don't even think Keith knew about at the time. I was
1: going to say. Interesting. So I wonder what her excuse for moving back home was.
0: I don't know. But it just kind of gives this idea that not everything is how it looks. No, because she has to put off this appearance. She might have this fake quality about her. Yeah, They get married October 2009 and... Uh, they end up having two kids, Tyler and Violet. in 2016, Tyler's four and Violet is two. And okay, I've had mixed information on what Sherry does. By the way, I should say real quick, I got all my information from a a Huffington Post article, a Washington Post article, a Sac B article, Sacramento B article. And an episode of a true crime podcast called Going West, episode number 32, which was very interesting because they did it a f- couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So back then, they still didn't know the ending to this. Mm. And they were still, like, on the podcast trying to come up with, like, theories. Yeah, So that was kind of fun to Absolutely. listen to. Anyways, on that Going West podcast, they said that Sherry was a national account executive for AT&T. But then in all the news articles I read, they said she was a stay-at-home mom. So I don't know which one of those is true. Okay. Um, but I can tell you that Keith for sure works at Best Buy as like an IT like uh, expert. Okay. And More like Geek Squad stuff. Yeah, type. I guess so. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Sherry is always described as like the perfect mom, the yeah. perfect wife, the perfect neighbor, the perfect I think daughter. I I always assumed that she was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, like I said, I've heard two different accounts, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know which one's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I always figured. So at five foot three and 105 pounds, 34-year-old Sherry is super athletic. She runs every day, um, especially... Her favorite thing to do because they live in, you know, very rural part of Reading is it's about a mile to their mailbox. It's like one of those communities where all the houses are yeah. tucked back. Mm-hmm. And so they have like a communal like mailbox yeah. setup where everyone has their own little slot. Mm-hmm. That's about a mile down like a dirt and gravel road from her house. Okay. So that's every day she does her mile to the mailbox, mile back as to get it in and then she'll work out from there. But she okay. always does her mile jog yeah. on November 2nd. 2016 she is wrapping christmas presents. Keith is at work, the kids are at school, well like daycare. That's the other thing is the kids go to daycare. So it's like I, you can be a stay-at-home mom and have your kids in daycare. Of course. But why? Why if you're, you know. Yeah. So that's a little weird too. Yeah. That makes it seem like she maybe it's a part-time job, maybe it's a work from home job. Yeah. Or maybe she's a stay-at-home mom and she can afford to put her kids in daycare. No shame in her game. I'm not judging her. So, anyway, she's wrapping Christmas presents. She goes on her morning jog. Um, The neighbor, I say morning jog. She goes on her daily jog. The neighbors see her around 2 p.m. going on her jog. That evening, Keith gets home from work to an empty house, Mm -hmm. a quiet house, which Mm -hmm. is very weird because normally from the minute you can hear his car pull up, His kids are running out the door. Yeah. So excited to see him. And then he said, um, I watched an interview with him on ABC News. He's like, yeah, it was so weird because normally they come running at me a a million miles an hour to get hugs. He's like, and then I say hi to Sherry. And then we go have what we call like family cuddle time where we like kind of just cuddle up on the couch. I assume get caught up on their day, whatever. But that's not happening. There's no one in the house. He looks around the outside. There's nobody in the outside of the house. Very weird. Very suspicious. But not that weird. Like, she could be at her mom's house. She could be. Grocery
1: store. Who knows?
0: Anywhere. A play date. Yeah. So he calls around to, like, her mom and stuff. Asks if anyone's seen Sherry. You know, they said no. Kind of the closest people in their lives have not seen her. The last time he spoke to her was earlier that day. Uh, She texted him if he would be home for lunch because he came home for lunch often. And uh, he said, No, I'm too busy today. And she's like, Okay, well, I'm going to pick the kids up later this afternoon and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So after he calls just a few people that he knows that's close to the family and realizes that they also haven't seen Sherry or the kids. He decides to call the kids' daycare and ask them, what time did my wife pick up the kids? The kids are still there. Nobody's came and picked up the kids. So now he's getting worried. So now he uses that app. Is it like, find your iPhone? Find my iPhone app. And it starts, uh, Sherry's iPhone starts pinging about a mile away from the house. So he jumps in the car, starts driving down that same dirt gravel road where It finally, the pinging stops uh, right around the mailbox, right where she normally jogs to Mm -hmm. at the end of their road, which then leads to like other roads. Mm -hmm. Right. And he finds her phone on the ground with her headphones plugged into it and her headphones are wrapped kind of neatly around the phone. And some of her hair has also been wrapped up in the headphones. And that's. Suspicious. Yeah. Where Where is she? Why didn't she pick up the kids? Why is her phone just sitting here on the ground where she normally jogs? Right. At this point, he's worried. So he uh, calls a relative, has them pick up the kids from daycare. Okay. And then immediately calls 911. You can actually listen to the whole 911 tape. I'm not going to play it for you because it's pretty long. But um, he calls 911, describes what their normal routine is that he found his wife's phone and he's definitely like, I don't want to think that something bad happened, but you know, like that's weird. This is really weird. And it feels like something you'd see on TV. And like, he's just trying to like process it while he's talking to the 911 person of what could possibly be happening. Mm -hmm. Sherry's car was at home. All of her stuff was at home. Mm -hmm. Like where could she be?
1: This sounds a lot like, our Father's Day episode. like A
0: bit, yeah. Right?
1: Why were her, her, her phone was at the house. Her keys was, like, all the kids' shit was at the house, you know?
0: Well, yeah, and, but this one, the kids are Obvious. there, too. No, for sure. Yeah. So, the search team shows up heavy. They start the search, you know, Northern California, especially up there by Mount Shasta and Redding. We're talking about just hundreds of miles of redwood forests and mountains and it's just a lot of wilderness so the search teams come out hard and heavy they come out with their helicopters and their dogs and their manpower which i have to bring up would this amount of manpower be spent on somebody who wasn't an attractive athletic white woman right um i can tell you in the case of redding california the answer is probably no absolutely fucking not But they're searching for her, as they should, as they should search for everybody who goes missing like this. Detectives start immediately questioning um, any local, like, registered sex offenders, which there are 23 within a three-mile radius of the Papini's home. But they get nothing. There's nothing to make them suspect anything from anybody there. Uh, Keith... Keith's sister and Sherry's sister both jump on the news right away asking for help finding their sister and calls um, Sherry a super mom and that they know something bad happened because she would never leave her kids. Yeah. Everyone's out searching. They find the ex-husband, question him, and he's mm-hmm. like, I haven't talked to her in like six years. But. Right. She's never been married before. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yay. Wine time. Within the first two days, Keith and his family have set up a GoFundMe to help pay for a private investigator. This GoFundMe page is ran by his sister mm-hmm. and they raise about $50,000. A lot of which goes to help hire this hostage negotiator. Um, his name's Cameron.
1: What do we need a hostage negotiator for?
0: So the thought is, is that if she's been kidnapped by someone, if they offer a reward, which most of this money is going towards the reward, that if they Mm -hmm. offer a reward, they would call Cameron and he could talk to the kidnappers because that's his deal. Gotcha. They also had like an anonymous donor offer like $10,000 towards any information to finding Sherry. Just some local businessman who was really moved when he saw Keith on the news and wanted to like, you know offer up some cash Love it. so they got some cash to work with they put a lot of it towards the reward money and the family starts releasing um under like what cameron suggests to do they start releasing a ton of social media stuff stuff on youtube keith is in the public eye he is on those motherfucking cameras yeah he's very emotional and uh is just really trying to do anything to get the word out about Sherry and uh, you know, all of that good stuff. He also um, signs up to take multiple polygraphs. He passes each one with flying colors. We know polygraphs don't always tell the truth, but he does pass every Mm -hmm. single polygraph and it is clear to anybody involved that he is really going above and beyond really, really working To try to find Sherry. Okay. He is officially ruled out as a suspect after the investigators thoroughly go through his phone, his computer, his house, his finances, all of that. They find absolutely nothing suspicious. You can officially rule out Keith Panini. He's not a suspect. Sherry's family is also 100% supportive of Keith. They know that he would never do anything to their daughter.
1: That alone is everything. That's so telling.
0: So there's many theories of what could have happened while Sherry was missing. Um, The main two are basically sex trafficking, that she was kidnapped and sold into like a sex trafficking deal. Okay. Or that it was possibly a drug deal gone wrong. Yeah. Like maybe she had a secret drug addiction and something sketchy happened. Yeah. Three weeks after she disappears, Sherry Panini is found alive on Thanksgiving morning at 4.30 a.m. on the side of Highway 5 in Yolo County, which is about 150 miles south of Redding. She's bound with chains around her ankles and zip ties on her wrists, which connect to a chain on her waist. She is heavily bruised and battered. Her nose is broken. She's severely underweight. Her hair has been chopped off and her shoulder has been burned with a brand. A woman driving by sees her waving her arms, you know, calling for help. She pulls over, calls 911, and Sherry looks absolutely terrified. She looks out of her mind scared. Um, they bring her in. Obviously, bring her to the hospital right away. She's got bruises of different colors, meaning that they've different been stages. given at different times. So she's uh, been through beatings oh, repeatedly. Yep. They believe that the brand on her sh- shoulder is some sort of code, maybe marking her as property of a sex trafficking ring, mm-hmm. or even they were wondering about like a cult. They were thinking maybe a cult was trying to take her. Huh? Sherry does tell them that she has not been sexually assaulted and they find proof of that, that she has not been sexually assaulted at all. Well, that's something. The police call Keith, um, as soon as possible. And he rushes to the hospital to be with her. Um, he can hear on the phone, the police telling Sherry to calm down because she's screaming hysterically to talk to Keith. When he, Finally sees her at the hospital. He's very taken aback by her looks. She's like shocking to look at. He says she's, it doesn't even look like his wife. She's been so beaten and starved and she's so scared. So finally, after everything kind of settles down a little bit and she gets cleared from the hospital, she is questioned by authorities. She tells him that she was on her normal evening jog when two Hispanic women With their faces covered by bandanas. Jumped out of a dark colored SUV. And took her at gunpoint. Putting a bag over her head. So she couldn't see where they were going. They drove around for a while. And uh, eventually took her to some unknown location. And she doesn't. She claims to not remember what happens very much after that. Um, And she says that she doesn't really come to until they put her... Back in the SUV and eventually drop her off at the side of Highway 5. That's kind of when her memory sort of clicks back on. Yeah. It's kind of hard to solve this case with no details whatsoever. um, Besides a very vague description of these women. She does provide enough information for the police to have like a weird sketch of the women. Have you ever seen it? No. Let me pull it up for you. It is a very vague, generalized, almost like, like a, I can't say the word, caricature? Caricature. Yeah, yeah. like, Hispanic women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. So this is what she gives them to work with. <laughs> right. So here are some eyes. So it's like a younger woman with heavily plucked eyebrows. Like the very, very thin eyebrows and big hoop earrings and an older Hispanic woman with like kind of stringy, thin hair and very bushy eyebrows. Right. And that's you guys can I'll put I mean, look, I'll be posting the sketch on THC podcast on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a very odd sketch. Whatever. Who knows? They do find two different sources of DNA on her clothes. One is from a woman, but one is from a man, Ooh. which kind of doesn't make sense because she's never mentioned a man. It's right. always been these two women. But she is also not wearing her clothes. She's wearing clothes that her abductors gave her to wear. They're which like, could be a men's I think it's like sweatpants and sweatshirt or something. Okay. And it could have totally been a men's clothes. It mm-hmm. could have been. From a thrift store. It could have been from anywhere. Sure. And that's why the man's DNA is on it. They do run the DNA through the system and no matches come up. May I please ask you a question? Mm-hmm.
1: So on TikTok, I see these clever little skits about how if you donate your hair uh-huh. and they turn it into hair for somebody else and that person is involved in a crime... Is that your DNA that's being left at the crime scene?
0: I think it is. Okay. Because it's I your just, hair. I wasn't
1: sure if like the hair went through any kind of process. It doesn't
0: matter. It's still your DNA. It's what right? like, makes up the hair. That's
1: what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great.
1: Thank you. Yeah. No Thanks problem. Thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. And then on the flip side of that, though, a lot of the time, like our extensions and our weaves and our wigs and stuff come from a lot of women from like India and the Middle East. And so I guess the thing could be said on the reverse of that is that if you commit a crime, but you're wearing extensions, it's not fake hair. It's just not not your your hair. hair. No, exactly. It's not going to pop. So tip, (laughs) (laughs) little life hack for y'all. So Sherry also claims that at um, some point towards the end of this abduction that she gets into a fight with the women because they wouldn't let her take a shower. And in the scuffle, she gets a really bad cut to her right foot. Lo and behold, there is no cut to her right foot. Mm. But, you know, detectives chalk it up to trauma. This could all be a lot. It's been a lot. She's been through a lot. And her memory could be all fucked up mm-hmm. which is fair enough right the main problem that they have is that there's no clear motive for this to have happened for sure she's not a known drug user and there seems to be nothing about drugs involved in this at all um no one came forward to ask for ransom money right nor did anybody come forward to claim the reward money that the papini family was offering okay and if you want to talk about sex trafficking sex trafficking they don't they wouldn't disfigure her so much because they're trying to sell Sell her her. Mm -hmm. they wouldn't cut off her long blonde hair they wouldn't break her nose they wouldn't brand her skin they wouldn't do things to make her less attractive they want her to be the most attractive possible so it's not lining up Not adding up. Why would these two women kidnap and torture this woman for 22 days and then release her
1: for nothing? For no reason. For nothing.
0: It doesn't really make sense. So people start to get a little suspicious of her story. In 2017, investigators find that Sherry actually had been texting a man in Michigan. And had been planning on meeting with him in California around the same time as her abduction. She was going to meet him. It is unclear whether they had a romantic relationship, but they think it might have possibly been an ex-boyfriend. For sure, Keith doesn't know about it. And he was under a false name in her phone. He was under a woman's name. Uh -uh. So obviously, it's something that she is keeping Uh -uh. from Keith. So now online goes crazy. All the little chat forums and online detectives and all those people, bloggers, <laughs> believe it was a hoax. In general, Sherry seems a bit dramatic, a bit like she loves attention, just going off of her old annoying blog and all of that. They're like, yeah, she seems to kind of like the spotlight a yep. bit. Here's some other things we know about Sherry In 2000, Sherry burglarized her father's house and a few weeks later kicked in the door of her sister's house, both of which uh, they did report to the police, but the charges were like brought down to, I think like vandalism or something like that. Okay. 2003 was a real busy year for her. She started, uh, she started a habit of self harming, Mm. but then blaming it on her mother. And also in 2003, she started making, Uh, withdrawals from her father's bank account, which he didn't approve of. He didn't know about. And in 2003, Sherry posted an essay on skinheads.com. Yes. A racist website. Fun. And where she describes how she got in um, to these. She's been in a few fights with, latina women because she was quote a drug-free white girl (gasps) who was proud of her blood and heritage oh so all the way back in 2003 she's talking about these which i'm sure are fake fights with latina Latina women women. because she's a drug-free white girl who's proud of her blood and heritage clearly that's what they're
1: picking fights on Mm -hmm.
0: this so absurd which is so funny because when she's talking about that and like these fights and these fights and she got in fights with her abductors and whatever. And it does remind me of that scene. It's maybe my favorite scene of the whole movie in Gone Girl where, spoiler alert, uh, is her name Amy. Mm-hmm. Amy basically gets worked by this couple that she meets. Girl. And they're like, don't I don't even, think you've ever been hit in your life. And then she socks mm-hmm. her. I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's always those people who have never been hit.
1: Don't get me started.
0: Anyways, so that kind of reminded me of that a bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, they can't confirm whether or not she wrote that essay. Her close friends and family denied that it was her. But right. OK, whatever. Who knows? Mm-hmm.
1: allegedly 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 (laughs) allegedly
0: after things calm down the family moves out of town they move to a town close by called shasta lake it's a really small town everyone knows everyone and nobody ever sees sherry Hmm. she basically turns into a recluse interesting it is interesting because it kind of throws out the attention seeking argument she never goes on um an interview for TV. She never writes a book. Okay. She never even writes a fucking blog. She disappears into her house. So again, and no one sees her. No one's paying or getting anything off of. This well, thing. she is getting paid because yeah. she is collecting money from, um, the victim's assistance fund Ooh. where she repeatedly mails back and forth with them sending letters back and forth to request more and more money from them and eventually gets $30,000 from this like I don't know what it is exactly I think it might be through the police department I'm not sure but it's called a victim's assistant fund and I'm sure it's probably to help them I'm sure you're not just jumping back into life okay so
1: on the only other podcast I listen to They were talking about Fran Drescher, Uh and I guess she was a victim of assault and rape, and she got that fund, and it was to help her pay for recovery. That's what I figured. Yeah, to go see a therapist or if she needs any kind of medication or whatever it is to aid in them getting over that trauma. Yeah, that's what I figured it was.
0: That's what I meant. You're not just going to jump back into your life and be like, oh, I'm back to being normal. You're going to need therapy and... Yeah. All of that good stuff. So she gets about $30,000 from that fund. Now, March 2022. Authorities find out that Sherry did fake the entire thing. What? <laughs> she was staying With her ex-boyfriend in Costa Mesa, California, where she had convinced him that she was being abused by her husband, Keith, and she needed help running away from her abusive marriage. But then, for whatever reason, she decided to come back, but she couldn't face the heat of coming back. Her perfect life with her perfect fucking blog and Little Miss Perfect. Can't admit that she had an affair. Yeah. Like a normal fucked up person no. would. So she decides to I torture. I abducted. Torture herself. Starve herself. She convinces uh, this ex-boyfriend to like brand her. I don't know how she convinces him to do it. She breaks her own fucking nose. The whole nine yards. So that way when she comes back, she has this story to tell. Investigators also find items of hers in her ex-boyfriend's garage with her DNA on it. Sherry is arrested on March 3rd 2022 and agrees to a plea deal. Ooh, I've been trying not
1: to look into it too much.
0: After she agrees to a plea deal, she tells the Sacramento Bee quote, I am deeply ashamed of myself for my behavior and so sorry for the pain I've caused my family, my friends, all all the good people who needlessly suffered because of my story and those who worked so hard to try to help me. I will work the rest of my life to make amends for what I have done. Now she faces time in prison for, first of all, mail fraud because I guess all those letters she was writing back and forth to victim assistant services I don't know how or why, but somehow it counts as mail fraud. Maybe because she Cause was she lying. she wasn't a victim. Yeah, because she was lying. So she faces time for mail fraud, like okay. a good chunk of time for mail fraud. I would fraud. not have
1: expected that either. That's really interesting. She's
0: facing a good chunk of time for lying to investigators. For sure. And she has to pay back. $300,000 has to be repaid to the police department for wasting their motherfucking resources, resources and time. Oh my God. Think of the people who had real cases, who needed real fucking Again, help. Probably the minorities. Who needed real help and real mm-hmm. manpower. And it all went to this fucking lying bitch yeah. in Redding, California. Yeah. On 420. No. April 20th, Woo! 2022. Keith officially files for divorce. So this is about yes. a month a month after she admitted to go Keith. Being a liar, liar, pants on fire. Sherry made the $120,000 bail and is currently staying in the Northern California town of Chico, California until her Sentencing trial is s- supposed to start on July 11th. <laughs> wow. And there you go. That's so
1: crazy. That's the
0: story of Sherry Papini. P- 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 so, so, when did Panini's story start? When was. 2016.
1: Okay. And then she just admitted 2020. in 2022 just now yeah. she yeah. just
0: admitted in march yeah, yeah and then keith just filed for divorce she just made bail and now she's waiting for her july 11th sentencing and my movies 2014 yes so let's keep that and in mind. they now listen yeah do you want to believe the daily mail
1: always that's my favorite i know it's
0: my journal the, the daily mail claims that she came up with this plot Because she read and or watched Gone Girl. Well, when did the book come out? Didn't. Well, if the movie came out in 2014, then the book came out earlier than that. Well, yes. But her case is 2016. Yeah. So the book and movie are both before her. Yeah. So the Daily Mail claims that that's where she drew her inspiration. Okay. If you want to believe the Daily Mail. Okay. What I did not remember about the movie... Is that it's fucking two and a half hours it. long. I knew <laughs> that's what you were going to hit me with. I knew it. Well, it's basically like two movies
1: in one. And it goes back and forth in time like crazy. Right? Real we're getting, quick, you didn't tell me what you thought about Sherry Panini. Oh, well, what's there to think about I don't know. Sherry Panini besides the fact that she's a... Uh, see you next
0: Tuesday. It sounds like you had it pretty good with your high school sweetheart there. And the, yeah, he is very sweet. And I will say... I also thought it before she came out, I also thought it was a hoax, but I thought he was in on it because I had never seen him before because I don't actually watch the news. He is very cute. And we like, talked
1: about this. It's like, it's fine if you want to not be in the relationship anymore. Don't make a fucking fool of us.
0: So I thought he was in on it because I knew about, hey B, I know I knew about the GoFundMe page. And so the fact that he started the GoFundMe page within two days and raised 50 G's, I thought he was actually in on it. I thought they, they faked it together. Gotcha. And then even like his 911 call is like a little... I don't know how people are supposed to sound on 911 calls. What? I can never call it. Because when I think that they sound upset enough, they end up faking it. And then when they don't sound upset enough, they're telling the truth. And I never know which All way to I go. All I can tell
1: you is that whether it be myself or Nick, neither of us is going to look good. Yeah. Neither of us is going to look like we're going to just,
0: because you're going to be spiraling and Nick's going to have no clue what's going on. It's just, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have too much information (laughs) and Nick's going to, if it's, if roles are reversed, it's going to be like, I don't know. I'm going to be the one asking questions. Yeah. Uh. All right. 2014's gone girl. Gone girl. It's the morning of
1: July 5th, and in Batman, Ben Affleck voice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we hear him asking, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? What have we done to each other?
0: Already too many questions for me, Ben. I can't answer all those. And then we see her,
1: our gone girl,
0: <laughs> Amy Dunn, played by Rosa Pike.
1: Mm-hmm. I only know her from this movie. Me too. That's literally that's.
0: But I will say controversial opinion. I love Ben Affleck. People don't like Ben Affleck.
1: I love Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck. I don't think he's a great actor. I think he's a good actor. He's in good movies. Oh, come not, on. He was great in The Accountant. Yeah. <laughs> because Armageddon. He, come on. Bees. He's in great movies. <laughs> he's. He plays a douchebag nice. in this perfectly. He's nice to look at. I'm, yeah, he, I
0: mean. The Town? The Town? The Town with Jeremy Renner. I don't know that I've seen that. Well, I guess what we're watching after the podcast. Right? Okay, let's figure
1: out whatever platform that's Blake
0: on. Blake Lively's in it. <gasps> oh. She plays a crackhead.
1: She looked Phenomenal. She always looks phenomenal. At the Met, when they, that fucking dress, when they unveiled part two or whatever. (sighs) Yeah. No, she always looks phenomenal. God damn it.
0: Get back to the point. I'm sorry. I was just saying I like Ben Affleck. Jesus Christ. Stop it. I'm sorry. I do not like him as Batman, though. (laughs) And that is a hill I'll fucking die on. There we go. I'll take it. I'll take what I could get. So, July 5th, today
1: is the five year wedding anniversary. But is Nick hanging at home with the wifey? No. He's off to the bar. Literally, the actual name of the pub that mm-hmm. he owns with his twin sister, Margot. Yep. Okay. Nick asks Margot for a large bourbon. She, of course, pours one for herself as well. Yep. She can tell something's off, and it's obvious that it has to do with Amy. And he's stressed about the anniversary because Amy always plans this elaborate scavenger hunt. hmm And last year he fucked up because he couldn't figure out the clues. And it led them to this big fight. They met in January of 2005. I'm piecing the movie together, trying not to go too crazy. Into the, the with the back, the back and, and forth. forth. hmm Yeah. They left the party together. On the way home, they're walking by a bakery. The bakery is unloading bags of sugar. And so when they throw the bags onto the conveyor belt or whatever, it puffs up into what they call a sugar storm. So romantic. And and he like brushes his fingers across her lips and Mm -hmm. they kiss for the first time. And then we pan from that beautiful moment to him like eating her out like a savage and So romantic. Them just being infatuated with each other from that moment forward. Because how could you not? So they're perfect for one another. Obviously, they're both passionate New York City writers who are better than everybody else. Yeah. Amy is from a very different upbringing from Nick. She's a trust fund baby. He's from a very modest family. Amy's parents are also writers and they are best known for their series. Amazing Amy, mm-hmm. which made them millions of dollars, but also severely fucked up real Amy because she could never live up to Amazing Amy.
0: Right. Amazing Amy's like the daughter they wish they had. Example, if
1: Amy got kicked off the volleyball team, Amazing Amy would make varsity in the next book. Yeah, it's crazy. Amazing Amy got to have a dog. To make her more relatable to readers, but God forbid real Amy get a dog when she wants one. Right. When Amazing Amy gets married, Nick decides what better opportunity to propose to real Amy to make her feel amazing.
0: Oh, because the real Amy was still. They were just single. They were still dating. So Amazing Amy is married. Got married to, I'm sure. A
1: dream. Correct. A dream boat. So it's like it's at the event where they're releasing the book. Yeah, that's right. It's a big like scene and everyone's interviewing her. Like, like, when are you
0: getting married? And he
1: pops the question. It's a a whole big Mm ta-da. So everything's great. Until the recession hits. Nick loses his job and then learns that his mother's dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. So he insists that they move back to his home in Missouri. And for that, Amy resents him.
0: That's right. I forgot about that.
1: Amy is their only source of money. The bar's in her name. The house is in her name. All the credit cards are in her name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the bar, back to where we were, Nick gets a call sending him home. We don't know who the call's from or what it's about just like you described what was his name Keith? Yeah. He walks into an empty house. Mhm. He's calling out for his wife. The whole thing's fucking bizarre. He doesn't get it. But what he finds is their glass coffee table smashed to pieces, random pieces of furniture thrown around, and so Nick calls the cops. Mhm. We meet Detective Boney and Officer James. They get to Amy's office and Detective Boney is like, oh, your wife's amazing Amy. She knows the books from her whatever past reading them, whatever. At the police station, they get Nick's DNA and his fingerprints. They ask if he wants a lawyer. He's like, absolutely not. I'm more than willing to cooperate. They're like, all right, so tell us more about Amy. How does she spend her time? And I immediately thought, I'm like, dude, what the fuck would my husband say?
0: Like, Yeah. Cleaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hanging out with Vi. Yeah. But they don't have kids. So. so
1: Nick replies that she reads a lot. And they're like, friends? No. And it's like, well, what did she do? And I was like, well, spent a lot of time with my mom. And it's like, well, yeah, your mom's been dead. So what does she do? And he's like, I don't, I don't really know. Doesn't make him look great. <clears throat> While Nick's being questioned, his dad's pink brought in, he escaped the assisted living facility <laughs> that he's living in. I forgot about the dad. <laughs> uh, and so the detective's like, look, I can tell you've got a lot on your hands. Like, go ahead, take your dad home. Like, you're free to leave for the night, but your house is a crime scene and you can't go home. Yeah. So he goes to sleep on Margo's couch for the night. And his sister
0: is my favorite character in
1: the movie. She's the shit. She's the best. I bring it up later, but it's like we don't know if she's older or not, but in my opinion like she's just They're as twins. much a, but I know but like is she a badass big sister? Oh. Like maybe like
0: what she did, she get I think she is. Right? I think the, she's mentally badass. The way a badass that she takes sister. care of him. And that's why I tried to bring up it, cuz it's I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but Keith's sister is mentioned a lot. When you're like reading the articles and because maybe because she was just out there in the public eye or whatever, the Mm -hmm. fact that she runs that GoFundMe. So that's why I did try to bring up Keith's sister as much as I could, because I got the same vibe with him and his sister. Yeah. So. Detective Boney is back at um, Nick
1: and Amy's house and she's being introduced to pregnant neighbor Noel, who claims to be Amy's BFF.
0: My least favorite character of the whole
1: fucking show. And she's worried sick. Oh, my God. And the detectives finding this interesting, as Nick said, Amy didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. They're searching the house and an officer finds a sealed note tucked away in Amy's underwear drawer. The cover of the envelope reads Clue 1. This officer didn't just find our first clue. He also played the young Mike Magow. I'm going to fuck this up. Magoo, something. (laughs) The boy who had the affair with the older woman in the Zodiac. Where they were in the car (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Zodiac walks up.
0: Yeah. Episode 50.
1: Wow. Thanks, Mike. Right the next day margo wakes nick up with a healthy breakfast of aspirin and a nice cold beer yep there's a press conference being held amy's parents along with nick are giving their statement and their plea for her safe return amy's parents are informing detective boney about desi collings who we later sees played by neil patrick harris Yes. And he's Amy's former boyfriend who they claim is still obsessed with Amy. Once Amy's parents are gone, the detective asks Nick about the envelope that they found in the drawer. And he explains the whole anniversary tradition in the scavenger hunt. And boy, is he proud of himself when he figures out the first clue.
0: Good job, Scooby-Doo. You want a little gold star? It leads them
1: to his office at a local college where he teaches writing courses Mm part-time. It also leads them to the second envelope and a red lace thong that Detective Boney assumes is part of the hunt and probably belongs to
0: Amy. Mm. Assumes. Assumes. Makes an ass out of you and me.
1: The second clue, not as easy for Nick. Or at least that's what he wants the detective to believe when we see him rush over to his parents' house that sits empty, since obviously his mom passed away and his dad's in assisted living. And there on the dining room table is the third clue. Nick has no time to open it because he set off the fucking alarm and he doesn't remember how to turn it off. (sighs)
0: Fucking dumbass, dude. And the detective
1: didn't believe him, so they followed him and she's already there.
0: My favorite part about this whole movie is what a fucking dumbass this guy is. It's so funny to me. He's the
1: worst. (laughs) What an idiot. He does manage to get the detective out without seeing the clue. And so he heads home to try to solve it himself. And here we are to day three. Nick is arriving at a community event that is arranged to help find Amy. And he is welcomed by fucking dirty ass looks. Everyone hates him. Yeah. Nick points out to Detective Boney that Desi is there and she assures him not to worry. Everyone's being watched. And that includes Nick, who is fucking up constantly (laughs)
0: constantly
1: reporters take pictures of him smiling to make it look like he doesn't care that he talks to another woman he's cheating on his wife if he does an act of kindness it's because he wants to make himself look good like he just he he looks so bad on tv that even Margot's like bro like i'm suspicious of you and i love you
0: very much like christopher watts yeah, he was not not upset at all. He took off his wedding ring and that stupid Live Strong right. bracelet. Oh my and God. even we haven't done this, Kate, but Scott Peterson was the same way where it was just they just do not come off well in front of the cameras. Back at Margot's house that night, Nick gets a text from an
1: unnamed contact that reads, I'm outside. We had a different name contact. Right. With uh, the the X, Yes. Right? So there we go. A little something. Mm-hmm. This is when we meet Nick's side piece, Andy, played by Amy Radajowski. <laughs> Radajowski? Perfect. And she is the true owner of the red panties yes. that we found in the office. And according to Andy, Nick was going to divorce Amy. And all of that aligns with this Journal that Amy is writing that we are seeing from her point of view that details how Nick became unhinged once his mother passed away. She writes that Nick became physically abusive towards her at this point in their relationship and she no longer felt safe around him. Detective Boney and Officer Jimmy confirm this fear when they stop by an abandoned shopping mall to ask a source about Amy. Assuming that with nothing else to do she must be on drugs mm-hmm. right it must be drug related right. or sex trafficking right it does both of those so it's like if that's it that's what happens in these neighborhoods right mm-hmm. <clears throat> what they find is that she was actually so desperate it was valentine's day and she was looking for a gun day four Nick wakes up at Margo's, realizing he and Andy fell asleep, and he needs her out before Margo wakes up. On her way out, Andy tells Nick, promise you'll text me every day, or else I'll go crazy.
0: So what you get for fucking around with
1: these young girls, Nick. Margo, of course, catches them, and she's beyond pissed. Like, fuck you. I get that you could lie to Amy, but how could you lie to me? And then you fuck this 20-year-old in my house. On the day of your wife's
0: visual. Yeah, when we're supposed to try to make you look as innocent as possible, you fucking dumbass.
1: So, speaking that night at the visual,
0: Nick gives a
1: speech assuring the people of the town he's not involved with his wife's disappearance. And despite what people may think, he loves his wife very much and wants nothing more than her safe return. Crazy pregnant Noel is not having any of it and storms up to the stage to interrupt his speech and announce that Amy was six weeks pregnant when she went missing and questions what did you do to your pregnant wife, Nick? Oh my gosh. As you can imagine, the news takes everyone by surprise, including Nick. According to him, Amy never wanted to have a baby. Right. Detective Boney tells Nick that he looks like shit. (laughs) Like, this is really bad. The house was clearly staged to look like a kidnapping, but based on all of the blood traces they found, it's pointing to a homicide. Doesn't help that Nick and Amy are in crazy debt for things he claims they don't own. Things like really expensive that you charge up on your card. That he's never heard of or seen, right. so he claims. And he signed off to increase Amy's life insurance, which he insists was all her idea.
0: Of course.
1: When medical reports confirm that Amy was pregnant, Nick knows he's fucked. He eventually figures out clue three five year anniversary equals wood. So he checks Margot's woodshed and he finds all the things that the police accused him of buying a drone, a flat screen, golf clubs, and he also finds a beautifully wrapped box with a big bow on top and a personalized card from Amy. Inside the box is a set of punching Judy puppets. Did you know that those were a real thing? Do you remember those from the movie? <clears throat>
0: yes, I do remember them. Yeah. And I guess I didn't know if they were a thing you could actually buy buy somewhere but i knew that they were a thing yeah yeah i didn't know that they were a real thing so
1: apparently what the husband doll is super abusive towards the wife ends up killing the wife and the baby or some shit i don't know i guess i just meant more like that style of puppet was a thing i did not oh, know that it was
0: like no
1: like this actual punching judy like the skit show yeah no whatever. no i don't know anything about yeah, that no it's like an actual thing so yeah cute gift <laughs> fun anyway so they use these handles right to like make the puppets work Mm -hmm. and the wife's puppet handle is missing and the card reads something cryptic like now you'll take that trip up the river that we've always talked about which he knows means you're going to jail and he knows that amy knows that missouri has the death penalty So as viewers, we know that Amy has spent the last few years planning this whole thing. Because in her eyes, Nick took her life from her and that's just as bad as murdering her. So he should pay the ultimate price. And when she figured out that he was sleeping with one of his students, it definitely didn't help. And that's how she got the idea for her scavenger hunt. It was a trail of Nick's infidelity. All the places he would go to fuck Andy Behind Amy's back. Lovely. Mm -hmm.
0: So let's go over Amy's masterpiece. I was about to say, nothing like fucking your mistress in your dead mother's house. Mm -hmm. How romantic. Nick told police that Amy spent her time at home reading,
1: which she absolutely did. Every fucking true crime book she could get her hands on. Mm -hmm. She needed to make sure that she knew just... How to set up, like, just enough mistakes to kind of lead them down this path that she wanted police to go on. She knew what vein to pierce to create the blood splatter that she needed. She knew not to clean it up too much. She needed it to, like, look like a mess. Mm -hmm. She needed it to look like Nick did it. Right. Right.
0: This dumbass. Mm -hmm. Can't be cleaned up too
1: much. Nope. And she got, besides the gun, she also got a used car and cash, which she used to drive away. We know that Amy is a talented writer and so we see her create this journal as if she's writing her novel starting from the beginning of their relationship until she perfectly times the demise of their marriage to make it look as if she feared Nick and that he might kill her.
0: Yeah, I remember in the movie she's even like changing pens. She's like a oh, much every, different colored pen every
1: day. Mhm. Nick said that she had no friends because what he didn't know is that she did befriend Noel because she needed Noel's pee to make it look like she was pregnant. Yeah, and she knew that once Noel thought she was pregnant, it was the perfect bond to make all the other like housewives like, oh, we trust Amy. And mm-hmm. any any shit talk she said about Nick, they're clearly gonna believe her. Yep. Right. So they bonded. And then the most important piece, the murder weapon, was the puppet handle that she chose to hide in the fireplace. Mm -hmm. So after reading the card, Nick knows Amy's plan and he knows he needs to fucking lawyer up. So he flies to New York City where he hires Tanner Bolt, played by
0: Tyler Perry. Yes. My favorite Tyler Perry role of all time. It's
1: great. Tanner's famous for representing guilty husbands. (laughs)
0: What a weird thing to like stake your career out on. Tanner sends
1: Nick basically on a walk down memory lane with Amy's ex-boyfriends because they need something to work with. Mm -hmm. So he meets her college boyfriend. According to Amy, he drugged and raped her when she tried to break up with him. But according to him, he was the one that pulled away from her. And when Amy noticed, she showed up to his place with a bottle of alcohol, wanting a night of rough sex, but consensual sex, to bring the spark back. Lovely. When he woke up the next morning, she was gone, and police were there knocking at his door. Everything she had done made it look as if he had raped her. hmm And feeling pressured to plead guilty and to reduce his, like, punishment... He ended up having to be registered as a sex offender, and he's never been able to get a job. He's never had a real relationship. He can't get a good apartment. Like, it basically ruined his whole life. Right. Okay. Nick's like, well, that's pretty fucked up. So he goes to Desi. According to Amy, Desi tried to commit suicide after she broke up with him, and then they had to get a restraining order against him. So when Nick says this to Demi or to Desi, he's like, well, it's kind of shitty of you to come here unannounced and just talk shit about your wife who's missing. So he like dismisses Nick. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything that Mm -hmm. you want to hear because he is still in love with Amy. Yes. While Nick is doing all of this, Amy has rented a room It's like, I don't know if it's like a little community, like a campsite or like a.
0: I think it's a motel, but I think it's a motel where people will like stay for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's people who live in motels.
1: Yeah. She is eating nonstop, trying to put on weight, make herself look puffy. She's dyed her hair brown. She starts to dress down. She's given herself a black eye. But she gets noticed by Greta. Right. Yes. Who you talked about. They're laying out by the pool one day. At night, they're watching the news together about Amy. Amy can't keep her eyes off Nick waiting for him to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Right? She just she can't get enough of it. Amy should have been w- less worried about Nick and more worried about herself because Greta and her boyfriend Donnelly rob her and they beat the shit out of her. <clears throat> And they know that she can't do anything about it because it's clear that the reason that she's there is because she's hiding from someone or something. Right. So they don't know that she's Amy, but they know that, like, she's got a past. Clearly. Mm -hmm. Do you know who might have figured this out? Hmm. Detective Monk? (gasps) Because boyfriend Donnelly! Was on episode Mister Monk goes back to school. Hell yeah, he was two thousand three. Cheers, bitch!
0: It's been so long.
1: (laughs) Love a Monk Mother's Day reference.
0: As we should.
1: If ever there is an episode to have a Monk reference, if it's not a Mother's
0: Day Monk, don't want it. mm -mm. Also, I love that this is such a perfect example of like, I mean, because Amy's had everything handed to her the best education in the world and there's such a big difference between like an ivy league education and like street smarts it's like her versus greta yeah like when the chips are down greta street Smarts puts Mm -hmm. her above
1: absolutely so with no money amy's desperate and needs to change her plan she makes an anonymous call to police to tip them off about the woodshed on Margot's property and then calls Desi for help, knowing she can count on him still being obsessed with her. Right. Amy and Desi meet at a casino where Amy tells Desi that Nick, when she told Nick about the baby, he became abusive and that he tried to kill her, which kind of lines up with your story, right? She told the ex that like... It was He's being abusive. abusive. Right. Right. And because of all the stress, she lost the baby. And feeling so ashamed she couldn't reach out to her own family, she had to reach out to Desi, knowing he'd be the only one.
0: The only one who can help her, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Desi is clearly more than happy to help. And he just so happens to have this cabin.
0: So we say he's also like rich, rich. Oh,
1: rich, rich! In the woods with twenty-four-seven security. So is it a safe house or is it a prison? Mm, depends on your point of view. Desi being in love with Amy. Is not in love with this version of Amy, right? She's changed quite a bit. He wants his New York waif back. So he buys her sexy clothes, makes her dye her hair. They cut it short. He puts her on a meal plan and a workout routine and blah, 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 blah. He wants amazing Amy. Right. Besides Amy's tip about the woodshed at Margot's house, Detective Boney also found the partially burned remains of Amy's journal that was hiding in the wood-burning furnace at Nick's parents' house. Mm. So Boney thinks the journal's sus because why not make sure it's burned, like, all the way? Right. Why just leave? Just enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she also has enough to make an arrest for both Nick and Margot, because they found everything on her property. She's an accomplice. Right. Tanner gets both off on bail. It's his job to change the public's impression of Nick as the villain and Amy as America's sweetheart. And so he gets Nick a TV interview. It's his theory that if you tell the world you're an asshole and take responsibility for being an asshole maybe they'll be more willing to believe you. Right. Just own it. Too bad we all forgot about Andy. She warned Nick that she'd go fucking crazy if he cut ties with her and she goes on TV and she tells the world about their affair and she claims that he absolutely would have killed for her because their love was so strong.
0: This is what you get for fucking with these young girls, you Dumbass.
1: Against Tanner's advice, uh-uh, Nick decides to still go on with his interview and he fucking nails it. It's the yeah, he one does. thing he does right.
0: And they, and in all fairness, Tanner put him through like his version of like media training, It's like media boot camp. Because
1: he doesn't give them an interview. He looks directly into the camera and he talks straight to Amy. Yes. He tells Amy everything that she would want to hear. And she absolutely does hear it from the cabin with Desi as they watch the interview together.
0: And she's in a situation where she's being controlled. But we all know she's the ultimate control freak. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. And I'm sure it's wearing on her nerves. So she's
1: absolutely she's like eating it up. Yeah. Desi sees it. He cuts off the TV and reminds her that is not your life anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Amy needs a new plan. Yep. She waits for Desi to leave so she can make what I call home movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Reminder, 24-7 surveillance. Yep. like She knows where these fucking cameras are placed. And
0: that's the thing is she also knows where there's pockets where they don't film, like little corners where they can't see. She has taught herself how to
1: tie herself up. Mm -hmm. Like, to give herself these, like, rope burns, basically. She rips her own clothing. She splashes red wine on herself. She makes it appear as if Desi has tied her up and raped her. Mm -hmm. In the bathroom, we see her sodomize herself with a wine bottle. When Desi gets home that night, she jumps on him. Like she's beyond appreciative of everything he's done right. for her. His dreams
0: are about to come true.
1: Right. And she wants nothing more but to repay him with sex. He, of course, being in love with her, wants to take it slow, but she needs it to look rough. Yep. She forces herself on top of him, pulls him on top, makes him like thrust inside yeah. of her. Before she then pulls back around, gets on top, gets a fucking box cutter from underneath the pillow, slits his throat, blood Crazy. everywhere. Blood what a, like, everywhere. What a performance. Yeah. Uh, what a, like Cirque de Soleil. And sex the shit.
0: commitment, the sodomizing yourself with a wine bottle, the beating yourself up, the commitment. Making
1: the wrist marks. Yeah. Everything. Every step of the way. And this is August 4th, 30 days, mm-hmm. right? Amy comes home.
0: Amazing, some would say. Why the fuck do you drive straight home? You mean versus a police station or a hospital? A hospital
1: right. She goes fucking straight home. Because she knew that's where the cameras would be. From the
0: murder scene. But I guarantee you, because she knew that's where the cameras would be.
1: Covered in Desi's blood.
0: She walks from the car
1: to Nick, who has now gone to greet her in the driveway. Theatrically, she collapses into his arms. And he's
0: like, "Mm." he
1: whispers into her ear. You fucking bitch. Yeah.
0: Fuck you, dude. Literally the worst person.
1: Nick tells Detective Boney, don't buy her bullshit. Amy's telling police it was Desi the whole time. He showed up on the day of their anniversary in a jealous rage mm-hmm. and abducted Amy. Yeah. Detective Boney does everything she can to question Amy. Like, interesting, how did you get the box cutter if you were tied up all day? hmm Right? Amy is too smart. Turns the tables on her. She's like... And if it was still in the hands of your incompetent police force, I'd still be tied up and my husband would be on death
0: row. Yeah. Yes, bitch.
1: Nick. And Boney does not like her. Correct? Oh, nobody. Yeah. 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 Uh-uh. But it's like so she, when all the other police are like just. They're fawning, eating it up. Yeah. And Boney's like,
0: you know what? Her, her, and, Nick, you. her and Nick
1: are just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <clears throat> so Amy's released goes back home with Nick Nick is terrified of Amy
0: of course oh my god
1: Of he's course. he's like you're a fucking murderer and she's like I'm not a murderer I'm a survivor I'm a fighter yeah Nick wants to leave but he feels like he can't people already hate him and now he's now he's gonna divorce his wife after she's <laughs> come home from fucking escaping death basically um uh, Boney can't she's not on the case anymore she can't help him Tanner doesn't have anyone to represent because Amy's safe mm-hmm. so he can't help him Nick is literally forced to play like happy family yeah so they just go day to day living um in the same house although they sleep in separate rooms and we see Nick locking the door with the cat inside at night <laughs> Funny September 7th, Nick and Amy are giving an interview from inside their home, and beforehand, Amy presents Nick with a positive pregnancy test. Joy, happy Mother's Day, everybody! Yay, and he's
0: like, How? <laughs> he's like, I would never fuck you. He's like,
1: I haven't fucking touched you right. since you've been home.
0: If you're the last woman on earth, bitch,
1: and she literally looks at him like, You think I need you to touch me? Like, are you kidding? So what I can assume, it's never really addressed in the movie, is it's brought up at one point that they did have, like, fertility issues. Yeah. And he did give a sample. And according to the letter they sent Nick, they terminated his Mm -hmm. sample. Hands down, she got her hands on that shit. And so she knows No way in hell that Nick would ever abandon his own baby.
0: Of course. Especially after all this.
1: And so on the TV interview, they announce, you know. Amazing Amy. They're having their baby. But afterwards, in the full circle moment of the ending of the movie, he's looking at her again, asking the same questions. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? What have we done to each other?
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. What a movie! What a movie! Yeah, how'd you like it? I had mean, had you seen
1: it before? I
0: had. Okay, I
1: had seen it before. Again, not being as big of a a Ben Affleck fan, it's it was an, an okay movie. Okay, I thought that it was a little drawn out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but after hearing your case i actually i like it more oh okay because i can i can draw the connections to it like i was probably leaning towards giving it like a a three i'm gonna i'm gonna give it like a four
0: wow i know sherry panini put you over to a fourth knife yeah
1: Mm -hmm. because i think it's interesting how like even though she's just coming forward now like the way that it ties together crazy Mm -hmm. and then fantastic how much do you love my look of the week I absolutely all about
0: it. love your look of the week. How, we're did, gonna you, post how it. did
1: you receive it?
0: Tell me the experience. Because I was like, we're still podcasting, even though it's Mother's Day, right? And you sent me a text of just your look of the week, right. which is a scene from the movie. It's Ben Affleck's character, Nick, next to a blown up version of the missing poster for Amy. And instead of Amy, it's Bee's <laughs> face back in her blonde era. This is when
1: you're real blonde. It's literally, it's like my honeymoon. Yeah. Because it was the only I picture can tell. I had saved on my work I computer. literally knew yeah. it was your honeymoon.
0: <laughs> because of how blonde I am. And because of what you're wearing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's not necessarily a Northern California outfit. That is very much an Ireland outfit. Yeah. That's like, we're sightseeing castles in Ireland. We are outside of the Guinness yeah, I knew it. Yeah. I knew you were outside in the rolling hills yeah. of Ireland yeah. somewhere, uh-huh. blonde as fuck.
1: Yeah. So funny. that's perfect because
0: Amy's blonde as fuck too. It's right because I was trying to. And think, it's a very cheesy pose of you.
1: And that's it. I'm like, well, I because it's like the famous over the shoulder look where she's like laying on the bed and she's looking over at him, and it's when he's asking all those fucking. And that's
0: her missing poster.
1: No, that's just like if you were to Google image the oh, movie, okay. that's what you're gonna see. A lot of lo- the looks are like her looking over, at yeah, the shoulder yeah, 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 at him. No, the missing poster is t- totally just a picture of her face blonde with the middle part yeah straight hair and then I'm like other than that I'd want to go like full-blown carry status like just covered in blood no this is perfect yeah and like perfect in the nightgown
0: (laughs) and I will say when I read this on my Kindle this is the only book that has pushed me to the point of leaving a review and it wasn't a great review Ooh. Because the book was fantastic. And I was so remember, I read this before I saw the movie. I was so fucking mad at the end. I was mm. so disappointed and upset at the ending of this book. I finished it, I swear to God be at like 3 a.m. Because I was in those final chapters. And you're livid. And I'm like, I have to finish it. Like it's so good. I have to finish it. No. And I got to the end, I'm like, what That's the it. fuck oh are my you God. talking about? And I left a review where I was like, the book was great, but that ending is one of the worst endings I've ever read. And I'm really upset and I'm really disappointed. Wow. It's the only review I've ever left on Amazon. Wow. They made me go full on Karen to like leave a review about that fucking book ending. Okay. I did not read the book. So now. The book's exactly like the movie. They do keep the movie just like the book. There's no difference. There's no changing anything so that was the if that if you've you seen the movie with. you've read the book okay but i was yeah i was upset at that ending yeah i wanted her to have her come up comeuppance mm-hmm. i didn't want her to fucking win yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyways all right well your look of the week of course will be on thc podcast on instagram how many knives do you give this movie
1: i'm gonna give it the four
0: the four knives yeah perfect a four knife review not too shabby no
1: Because I didn't think it was going to be so relatable, but yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to tie in there. Mm -hmm. Great. And uh, I mean, Sherry Panini, we'll see what happens on July 11th. It's
1: so fun that it's such like a current.
0: It's so current. It's so close to our home currently. Like I said, this whole thing happened in Redding, California. My dad lives in Redding
1: right now. What was funny is as soon as you told me that that was going to be our movie for the week, I was like, I know I need to watch this right now because mm-hmm. guarantee they're going to remove it from streaming services or they're going to like start charging for it because, oh
0: because of, like, of sherry P- Yeah. Panini?
1: and so i did i started watching it on tubby for free the day that you told me and then like two days later they're like we're going to remove it like you need to finish it now
0: before it's gone mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. good thinking b you're very smart all right so if you want to see pictures go to thc podcast on instagram if you have time to leave us a uh, Review, a five-star review, a like, rate, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You
1: could ring my bell.
0: And again, I hope you guys have a great Mother's Day. Whatever that means for you. Make it mean the most for you. Even if uh, your mom's the worst person on earth, then go treat yourself to something nice. Right. Do something great for yourself or for your mom or for whoever is in your life. Or for Mother Earth. Oh, Mother Earth. That's a good one. Going on a little hike. Mm-hmm. All right. We love you and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.